from the third dimension. This is 3D or 2D.com's Duh 3D Show. Put on your 3D glasses now. If you're wondering what the 3D stand for, they are discussion, debate, and the news. We hope that you enjoy the show. Get it? The show? Duh. 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 Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of The 3D Show, episode 78. I am Adolf Vega, and today I have with me... Jake Jarvis. And uh, James is not available for this podcast, so it's just going to be us two. But we got a ton to talk about, so let's get started with the newest thing, which is a second trailer to Shazam. What are your thoughts on this trailer? Wow. This is, uh, this trailer does what a trailer is supposed to do. Make you want to get your butt in the seat of a theater and scream, bring me the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. just so much fun. This really captured the whole sense of uh, when I was a little kid and they revived Shazam with uh, the original artist C.C. Beck. This just captures the magic of those first ten issues. After that, they just put, they brought back some of the other uh, artists and you know, most of them were working for DC at the time, but that trailer just captured the magic. Uh, it wasn't 100%. I mean, they've given Dr. Uh, Sil- uh, superpowers, but hey, Mark Strong is perfect casting as the uh, evil doctor. I mean, he's perfect. So, yeah, we didn't get that much of the plot more in this. Um, we kind of just got more of uh, Billy being playful and Captain Marvel and like, you know, getting the beer and then, you know, actually, you know, playing with the superpowers and getting the hang of things and or not really getting the hang of things. Yeah, it's a big with soup with a superhero. Which is exactly what the comic was about, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this looks fun. It looks like a great kind of thing, especially for families, you know, I think a lot of superhero movies have been rated PG-13 and just kind of stay there. This might actually be just be like PG and something that the whole family can take watch and like you don't need to know anything prior to this and just enjoy it for what it is. And, you know, I think this could be a really big hit and I look forward to it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It looks awesome. Uh, it looks like they've uh, finally cracked the code with this. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't know this, but Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, uh, was the very first comic book superhero to come to the big screen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, back in 41, uh, The Adventures of uh, Captain Marvel by Republic. Uh, Western star Tom Tyler uh, played the good captain, you know, the big red cheese. And, uh, yeah, and it was a big hit. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well worth checking out if you're a serial fan or superhero. Yeah, it's not very faithful, well, to the comic book, but it is a fun serial. So, yeah, Shazam comes out April 5th of this month, year, so a month from now we'll be it's about, about ready to watch it. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Zachary Levi is just wonderful in this. He's just so charming, so likable. Mm-hmm. How can you not like him? <laughs> uh, I mean, he was uh, Flynn Rider in um, uh, Tangled, one of kind of Disney's uh, forgotten 3D animated movies. It kind of got, uh, it's one of those movies that kind of got forgotten about in the, after Frozen became such a cultural phenomena. And of course, uh, a lot of uh, geeks remember him from his NBC TV show, uh, Chuck. So, yeah, this looks a lot of fun. Um, it looks like it's going to be a good lighter adventure. You don't have anything, it's not the end of the world, it's not the end of the universe, it's not you know, life and death, you know, it's just him trying to figure out how to be a superhero and having fun with it. And like, I love the um, look of it. Like, you know, he uses his super speed and it doesn't look like super speed that I have used to. It it, it just kind of looks like flashy, but not exactly like flash. I don't know how to describe it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Yeah, it looks like he's got the basic powers of Superman without the x-ray vision, heat vision, um, cult. you know, pretty much, yeah, it's looking like they're, they're smartly sticking pretty close to the comics. The wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the great courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Yeah, the power set, technically Shazam is as powerful as Superman, if not a little better, but he's not, he's you know still a 15-year-old kid, and he's not disciplined like Superman is, so, you know, that's where you get the, you know, the conflict, I guess. Why, that's why he, you know, he can't always win, because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. So, so much the wisdom of Solomon can only go so far in a 15-year-old kid. Uh, all the different gods, that's going to be fun how to describe that in the movie. <laughs> uh, they're probably going to call them elders like they did in the comics later to not offend. It just—it's kind of weird because like those different gods, they kind of overlap with like Wonder Woman, and they just never really gotten to around to talking about why Wonder Woman would not know who they are or, or anything. Well, uh, the thing is, uh, Shazam, and God, it's weird calling him Shazam. Uh, didn't really react, didn't interact with uh, the rest of the DCU until. Uh, the 90s and the first place i remember seeing him is really interacting with the rest of the dc universe was when keith giffen put him in justice league international and the less said what was done to mary marvel the better i mean it was some of the most misogynistic garbage uh dc ever did and they should be ashamed of themselves for publishing it so Let's go from something positive to something negative. We got a second trailer to Dark Phoenix. And And this will be the spoiler-free discussion. So, yeah, we're going to split this conversation up in half. 
this first half right now, we're going to talk about it in without any spoilers, because unlike the actual, you know, <laughs> trailer, and unlike many other uh, publications, we actually have respect for the art audience and not going to spoil the entire movie months before it comes out. So we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and, you know, listen to this. And if you want some spoilers, we will have that spoilerific part after the credits. I think that's a very fair way of doing it. So I don't think either one of us were super looking forward to Dr. Phoenix, just to be honest, beforehand. Yeah, uh, I haven't been impressed with any of the trailers. Uh, and this newest one just was like, oh, God, this is I feel like I was watching. Uh, it's it's almost 2020. I guess it's time to have 2000 uh, Y2K nostalgia. But damn, this looks like we're getting X3, uh, The Last Stand remade. Not the dark storyline. We're getting X3. Oh, God help us all. I always thought in the comics they made, you know, Jean Grey into the Phoenix and let that be for a while and then eventually becomes Dark Phoenix. They don't, like, do it one after another like that. You know, it's, you know, she is she has the ability to become Phoenix for a while before... She becomes a dark phoenix. Am I correct or, or no? Yeah. I mean, this is considered Chris Claremont's best story. A lot of people consider it the best X-Men story of all time. And X3 trashed it. Basically, it's the, it's like this. I've always described uh, Last Stand, you know, X3 as being kind of what what the CW did to the Flashpoint storyline. You know, they just, on the cheap, hit a few basic themes, and then throw out everything that's of interest. So, um, in this trailer, you know, you see Dark Phoenix not sure how to use her powers, Jean Grey, and, you know, you see some discussion on the group, and what to do about her and action scene, action scene, epic, epic. And um, yeah, it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. It just, it's, you know, X-Men movies have a real totally, you know, love it or hate it kind of relationship with them. You know, I, I really feel like there's like just not consistent at all. Like, you know, the first X-Men movie was, okay, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Second one, okay, that was great. Third one, awful. <laughs> X-Men, you know, and then it just go up and down, up and down. And, like, you know, I don't hate Apocalypse like everyone else does. I think it's a bad movie, but not a terrible movie, you know. Um, what are your thoughts of Apocalypse? Just talk about that real quick. It was okay, but it was a disappointment after we had two great X-Men movies in a row. Yeah. First class, is a future pass. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then Apocalypse was like, oh, God. Disappointment. I was not heartbroken, but I was like, here, God, I felt like I was watching X2, X3 again, you know? Yeah. 
so you know it's just one of those things where you know you see this trailer and you're like okay i don't really want to see this movie <laughs> and you know i guess it's good that they're gonna this will be the last one because after this i don't think i care anymore and you know i guess the mcu is gonna stick a stake in it drive a stake through its heart make sure it's dead it's a uh, shame it's a, it's a shame i think yeah, and what makes me angry about them doing the Phoenix storyline, they're going to F it up again, just like they did in Last Stand, and now Marvel aren't... I mean, when are they going to touch this storyline again? It's They're going to taint it. I mean, we may never see Kevin Feige do a proper version of uh, of the dark... of the whole Phoenix story. Yeah, I mean, it, it. you know, people still have a bad taste in their mouth from X3. And, you know, it's it's sad because the characters here, I do like. I really like this version of Mystique. I really like, um, you know, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, James Mac James McAvoy is, is a great Professor X, you know. Mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender is an ma- amazing Magneto, you know, and... So, you know, if anything, those two people, McAvoy and Fassbender, were kind of saved Apocalypse from being total trash, you know, because they're good actors and good, you know, how to make it work. And mm-hmm. it's sad that this is going to be their last X-Men movie because it's not, I've heard rumblings. First rumbling is that, you know, the reason I got delayed was because they had early screening and an early screening went bad. So they're like, all right, let's rechange this. So they had a second screening, which is the newest one, and people were laughing out loud at a emotional, dramatic scene. And it looks like Fox doesn't care anymore. It's just kind of like, all right, just get this out, move on, because they can't delay it again. And when people are laughing at a dramatic scene in the you know test screenings, that is a bad omen, you know. Oh, and the fact that. Uh this third trailer I've seen for this movie, this is the first one they even bothered to stick. It's going to be in 3D. So I'm like, okay, so did they just neglect putting that this was going to be in 3D? Or is this one of those last-minute cash-grab conversions? Which is sad because the other ones have been in great 3D. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was, I, I said, the 3D, I mean, I mean, Apocalypse, I gave it an extra point in my personal score uh, just because I was, the 3D was worth it. And it just, <sighs> it's sad. You know, um, mm-hmm. it just doesn't look good. It, it looks overly epic. You know, it's just epic for the epic sake. So it's just kind of... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It just... We're in 2000s nostalgia. Already. God. I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so we will continue this conversation in... Um, after the credits. After the credits. Um, so let's continue on. Let's talk about... Frozen 2 got a teaser trailer, and it is literally that, a teaser, because you have no idea what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just see uh, Ilsa trying to run over the ocean, pretty much. And like you see them being attacked in the woods, the whole family, and it's just like, okay, what's going on here? Um, I, I think is it Elsa maybe going into the ocean and just running toward the ocean to try to find her parents? And if that is the case, I don't want that story because I don't really care. This looks dark and gritty like a superhero movie, and I'm going, Frozen was this charming musical with a story that had a little more depth than some of these uh, movies do. Uh, and it had some great voice acting and nothing I, I liked about the first Frozen movie was represented in this trailer. It, it felt more like a trailer for Brave. So, what do you do? You like the idea of maybe trying to find out what happened to the parents, or you don't care? Uh, I, I, that's something that they should discuss a little bit. Uh, but I'm I'm sitting here looking at this trailer. I didn't get that they were looking for the parents. It just looked like she's just running over the. You, I was wondering, is she stranded somewhere? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, it's a teaser, but it didn't intrigue me enough or curious. It just made me feel like, oh, God, is this going to be... It just looked like it was going to be dark and miserable, not light and fluffy and, you know, they should have they had a, a, a song. So, the first Frozen teaser trailer was a very bad representation of what it was going to be in the movie anyway. Um, this was like with Olaf and the reindeer and they're like trying to get the rod- <laughs> the nose of Olaf. Uh, and, yeah. you know, the reindeer scooches on its butt, which I don't think is funny. I, I guess it's it's like a serious worm medical issue with animals. It's not, you know, but like it's become a, com- a comedic thing that it's funny to see animals scooch on their butts. But whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh huh. And then, if, and then, uh, then I'm wondering. Okay. Uh, I remember going to see Coco and seeing this horrible Olaf short. Oh yeah. The 3D was good, but that short, which should have been shorter, but it the my problem with it is it was. Probably about five minutes too long. Oh, yeah. And then, then when I took some friends to go see Coco, they were blessed. They had already pulled the short. Oh, yeah. Um, Olaf's Adventure. Yeah, I actually did a review for that. And um, it was just so long. The kids in the audience were like telling their moms, when is the Coco going to start? I'm tired of this. And when the kids are complaining... <laughs> That's when you know you've yeah. had a failure. <laughs> yeah, there was. Uh, I got the back of my head hit with by candy <laughs> a couple of times. Uh, the kids are bored. Yeah, Frozen Two. Um, again, I don't see the necessary need for this. You know, Disney making sequels because they want to make sequels, not because they have a real story issue. Personally, I would rather see a sequel to uh, Tangled 
but that's just me. I really, uh, but I understand why they're going Frozen because it's like one of the most wildly popular uh, movies they've made in a long time. Too bad they couldn't be bothered to put out a, a 3D uh, version in the U.S. market. So, let's keep going from one icy trailer to another. Angry Birds 2 came out of nowhere. <laughs> There's a second Angry Birds movie, and I had no idea this was going to happen until the trailer came out. And then I saw it the same day I watched, um, you know, How You Train a Dragon to the Hidden World. And I was like, really? I don't remember hearing any word about Angry Birds 2 movie trailer. And this trailer is just completely forgettable and has like this purple bird that is attacking, you know, sending ice to the other birds and the pigs. And it's just like, what is going on? There's like a seal and like a frozen dog. And this just really seems unnecessary to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm like, is anybody still playing Angry Birds on their phone? I know, right? <laughs> uh, they might as well make a Plants vs. Zombie movie. I like Plants vs. Zombies, though. It's a good game. But, yeah, I know uh, what you're saying. Or, or Zombie Farm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so this is, you know, I, I know what you're saying. That it's like a you know reference to an older game that people have kind of moved on from, you know. Um the question is, you know, why they're making this, and obvious answer is because they can make money off of it and make merchandising and add levels to the game, you know, from the movie, and that's just completely a cynical, consumeristic idea, you know. Now, I actually liked the first Angry Birds movie. What about you? It was, I was, I mean, it wasn't as a, a delightful surprise like, uh, Pirate, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but it was, but it wasn't a cynical cash grab like the Emoji movie. There was actually a story there and a point. Yeah. So when I went into the to review this, I was like, "All right, me and James are ripping this movie apart before it came out." And I was like, "All right, all right, I'm gonna go to the free screening. I'm gonna be the open minded and." It's probably going to be a 4 out of 10 or 3 out of 10 movie. And then I walked out. I was like, this is actually kind of good. You know, for what it was, I liked it. You know, the parts that were funny, parts that were clever. You know, I gave it a 7. And I think that's being nice and generous. And But, you know, 7 when I was expecting a 3 or 4, you know, it's a pretty nice difference. You know, this looks exactly like all the fears I had for the first movie where just a cash grab, no story, it's just mm -hmm. stupid, you know. Yeah. And this will probably make, you know, they'll probably make this movie for like 30, 40 million and make 300 million and, you know, 500 million on merch and it'll be a huge success, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then we're flipping a coin who's reviewing the next five of these. Oh, I can't wait until we get to see the Tetris trailer. That's going to be like, how the hell are they going to do that? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You know about Tetris movie, right? <laughs> no. 
Oh God, really? I'm dead serious. They got. <laughs> I don't. I don't know when the trailer's gonna hit or when it's gonna happen, but they announced a tret- Tetris movie. Um, but I mean, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What is Tetris? Just in case people out there don't know what that is for some reason. It's a falling block game. Made by Russians. Yeah. And you can't win. <laughs> yeah. Sooner or later, it goes too fast for you to do it. So it's like, I don't know how you do a story about that. I think they made documentaries on that, and those have been interesting. I think I've seen pieces of those, but like... I think it would be easier to do a Rubik's Cube movie than it would to be a do a Tetris movie. Well, you know, I think they're making that as well, and I think they're making Monopoly. Yeah, I could see Monopoly. Well, Monopoly makes total sense. It's just it's not it's you know economic based movie. <laughs> it's just kind of one of those. It's like okay, how do you make you know this economics movie into a kids movie? You know, it's kind of a crazy concept that that game has actually become popular. And, like, somehow or another, people know what monopolies are, you know, but mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't really care because, you know, I mean, they do care, but it's not that big a deal. You would think, you know, it's almost like a propaganda game. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, people only care about monopolies just when it affects them. <sighs> so, let's keep going to another animal-based 3D movie trailer. Detective Pikachu has a second trailer, and that came out recently, and, um, yeah, it looks basically the same, except it worse. Mm-hmm. Pika Pika. Pika Pika. Yeah, I think the biggest problem here is that Ryan Reynolds is not playing Detective Pikachu, he's reading lines as Ryan Reynolds, which I like him as an actor, but you have to be a character. You can't just read lines. Well, it's he sounds like Deadpool, and you're expecting him to start swearing. Yeah, you know the the best voice actors. You know you you know they could change their pitch or change their tone or, or make slightly different that you don't necessarily catch them. You know, know it's them recording, and you know make it a character onto itself. You know, oh, they just wanted Ryan Reynolds because he's so popular. It just doesn't fit, and I still don't like these Pokemon. Um, how they look on screen? I think they look terrible. I'm sorry. And I mean, Justice Smith looks fine. He's his he's fine. What little we've seen him do, you know, he's a character. He's responding, but it just. I was uh, when um, Pokemon hit. I was too old for Pokemon. When Pokemon came about. Yeah. That I was never into. I was too old for it. Uh, But I didn't hate it. Uh, I was mostly the poor schlub who had to. uh, Got stuck dragging the relatives kids. To do their Pokemon this and that. Because it's like. Oh you're a geek. And this is geek stuff we hate. So you go take them. 
So I was in high school when the first one came out in the U.S., and it was a big deal. I mean, and I knew people that were playing the game, but, you know, by then, I wasn't like, I don't want to buy a Game Boy. It's 1998, for God's sakes. <laughs> you know? Game Boy's been around since 89, so that's an old thing to have, and that's something you want to just carry around in your backpack in high school. And, you know, I think I watched the anime, and I'm familiar enough with the characters and the idea. I, I You know, so... I know enough about it, and I feel familiar enough about it, but I haven't really played any single game from beginning to end. I've played a little bit of the Yellow, which is like technically the third game in the series, but you know, I, I know enough of the concepts here, and it's it's a real bold move to just use this Detective Pikachu as the launching point because I think they already said that this is going to be the first. And then the next movie is actually going to be like a traditional um, Pokemon, you know, got to catch them all, go to different cities, go to, you yeah. know. This kind of reminds me of kind of Archie's weird mysteries when they tried to make the Archie gang to be like Scooby-Doo. So, um, yeah, this just looks bad, I think. I, I, it just doesn't. It really is hard to get into these character models or these creatures, and it, it's you know, I don't, I'm just, I'm not digging it. I'm not digging it at all. So I think it's gonna make a ton of money, you know, unfortunately, and we're gonna have a lot of these movies, but I'm not digging yeah. this. Yeah, this trailer did not make me want to watch them all. That's for sure. So. From one kind of monster to another kind of animated monster. My segues are on point today. Talk about Hotel Transylvania 4. Oh, God. So, we both never watched the third one, right? Yeah, I had a legitimate excuse. Uh, I was recovering from surgery. Uh, but who am I kidding? Even if I wasn't, I wouldn't have went to see this. Two was enough for me. Yeah. Um, you know, for Adam Sandler Fair, I thought the first one was actually better than I expected it to be and kind of fun. And, you know, the second one I thought was everything that it thought I was before. And it just did not work. And the third one, I was like, no, I, I, I hate this franchise now. I'm done. And, uh, you know... I think I've heard that it's not as bad as the second one, but not as good as the first one. That I heard that's okay. It's not total terrible movie, but it made enough money to guarantee a fourth movie, and that's happening. So, yay. And they didn't bother to even release it in home 3D home video any place on the globe that I'm aware of. Yeah, I kind of came really quickly to Netflix, I think, you know, more quickly than other movies. I guess because Adam Sandler has a deal with them. Adam Sandler's got a deal with Netflix. So, yeah. More Hotel Transylvania 4. Um, all right, I don't have a segue for this, so let's just move on to Suicide Squad 2. We got quite a few um, ish things about this where. We will not have Will Smith reprise his role as dead shot. And we will get Viola Davis as Amanda Water come back for this. So what are your thoughts on this so far? Uh, not surprised. Uh, 
Will Smith uh, wouldn't. Now, we've got James Gunn is definitely directing. That's been confirmed. He's not only scripting, he's directing. Uh, we have no idea who he's casting. We have no idea. So, I mean, it could simply be that Will, him and Will Smith, Will Smith might have decided, you know, he's done. He wants to move on. Or it could simply be a, a, a scheduling conflict. And so we don't know if, if, Dead, if Deadshot's going to be uh, recast or just not going to be in it. We don't even know if Harley Quinn is going to be in it or the Joker. I mean, Jared Leto's Joker movie's been uh, canceled. So, I mean, these days, Warner Brothers seems to be announcing tons of stuff, and 90% of it seems to be canceled a year later. So, so what do you think of Will Smith as Deadshot in the original Suicide Squad? I thought he was fine. Uh, he's got the snark and the attitude, and he just seemed, he seemed to be funny, and he was... Also calm and cool and collected what this character, what a sniper type character would be. So, you know, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I actually really liked him in that movie. That was one of the highlights, I think, because they actually developed the character and really got a sense of who he was, why he did what he did and how good he was at it. And like he got like a, a scene with the daughter and, you know, in a way it kind of if they don't bring him back, I'm fine with it, you know. The thing with the Suicide Squad, it's just kind of like the Guardians where don't have to have the same characters. They can switch them up and move around and, you know. In the comics, they, uh, they were like Mission Impossible. It was like a different team every mission. So it's, you oh, know. i the TV version of Mission Impossible for those that are too young to, who might only think of the Tom Cruise film franchise. It was a TV show first. Now, what do you think of Amanda Waller as, um, uh, what was her name? Yeah, Amanda Waller, or Vaya oh, Dolis as Amanda Waller. She was good. Oh, yeah. I loved her in this. Uh, she was the best Amanda Waller yet. There's been several actresses who've played her, and they just didn't get her ruthlessness and her strength. Yeah. And she even makes. Batman kowtow to her. Yeah, I, I really love her in this movie, too. That's, you know, a lot of people really crap on <laughs> Suicide Squad, but Amanda Waller and Will Smith are both really good in this and, uh, you know, really fit the characters and everything that was working on this. You know, it has problems. I'm not going to deny that. Oh, yeah, it has problems, but I thought what it had going for it, you know, outweighed. The problems. I mean, to me, it was pretty much a jam. It was a kind of a crossover. You know, it was half 1984's Ghostbusters and half uh, the 60s war film Kelly's Heroes. Which makes sense because David Ayers, who directed it, is a big fan of Kelly's Heroes. So, so you know, I'm totally in favor of that. That's a great decision to have Amanda Waller back in this and have Viola Davis come back as this. That's totally great. I. Hundred uh-huh. percent favor that. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I mean, now, yeah. uh, wondering who James Gunn, who which characters he picked for his squad. I mean, I'm just chomping at the bit, wanting to know. Yeah, um, because 
excited to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they're going to redo this. If they're going to, you know, it said it's like a soft reboot, but it's kind of hard because the first one made enough enough money to, you know, it wasn't like a huge hit, but it wasn't a big flop either. So, you know, you want to continue some of it, but of course the DC extended universe is a mess and I don't think going to get fixed. So, you know, you can't just attach it to that, but at the same time, you know, you do want to build on where you've gone, you know, you can't just completely restart it as a second movie. And I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird things where, you know, you can respect what the first movie did, you know, if they want to do like a um, quick intro of like highlighting things in the first movie and then changing things, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it, but, um, you know, I, I think they could definitely not scrap everything that was in the first one and then, you know, make this its own thing as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, uh, J- James Gunn just seems to be born to do these type of ensemble, big budget superhero movies. So, I think, you know, it's in good hands. So let's just hope the suits don't mess with him too much and mess w- and do what they did with to Josh Whedon on Age of Ultron and Justice League. And obviously some of the characters died. <laughs> so we don't really need, yeah. you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, and I really don't want like the I think they should put a bunch of uh cannon fodder like uh Magpie and you know, characters that, hell, some of them are so bad, if they got killed, the audience would stand up and cheer. Yeah. You know, kind of mistakes. But, hey, they may want to keep this a PG-13. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's you know, you want to get some of the lower-level characters. You don't want to have characters that you know are going to survive because they're so likable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, get your bronze tigers in there and uh, your magpies and um, your vent- the ventriloquists, uh, the toy maker. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how that works. And like you said, we don't know for sure if um, Harley Quinn is going to be here because she has her own movie, which is, the uh, you know, Birds of Prey, I think it is, right? Uh-huh, which, uh, which is kind of weird because... She's not in the Birds of Prey comic. She was in the Gotham Sirens comic. So that'll be interesting to see how they do, what they do with that. So let's keep going here. Uh, Let's talk about Pirates. The Pirates of the Caribbean. And it looks like that ship has sank for good. Uh, we're not likely to have another movie in this franchise with or without Johnny Depp. I think Disney is done. Um, did you get more information on this story? Uh, no, there was talk that they were going to um, go with the character Red, who they were kind of working into the ride. But I think they just figured the pirate craze is kind of faded and right now there just seem to be no uh, uh pirates are just for hanging out at Mardi Gras now and Gasparilla I guess yeah i mean 
It, it just they kind of came, and then the first one was a huge hit, and like the first one, it was kind of weird because people forget that Johnny Depp was nominated for Academy Award for his performance. Yeah, <laughs> and you know the the sequels came like almost every other year. You know, right off the bat, it was pretty quick to get all the sequels, and then yeah, and the one wasn't too bad, and then they got silly. So yeah, I mean the last one didn't make that much money, and it, it's it's fine if they just want to give this like a ten year break and then reboot it again and just start over, or you know just move on. You know that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, and Disney might have just um. This is something I kind of point out to people when Hollywood starts consolidating uh, to fewer and fewer studios. Uh, they're going to want their properties to make more and more money. So they might have decided this is no longer a, a billion dollar uh, guaranteed movie per movie franchise. We may just they might have just decided we're just going to ditch this and concentrate on seeing if we can make some of these other franchises billion dollar per movie franchises for us and you're probably going to see disney fault canceling more and more stuff as you know they own more and more of hollywood you know it's just a matter of like you said business and figuring out what works and what doesn't work and and uh and of course i'm sure all this crap between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is playing a small part into it. Uh, I, I just want to acknowledge it. I don't want to really get into it. I mean, to tell you the truth, who knows? I don't really care. I hate to be that callous, but when I have no insider information uh, and it, this is so unpleasant, I feel embarrassed hearing any of it. I try to avoid it. And it's. I think it's going to get a lot nastier before it goes away. And it's a damn shame. And it's probably going to affect, end up affecting Aquaman too. So the last movie, Dead Man Town Hotels, came out 2017, which I feel like it was that long ago, but and mm -hmm. that made that budget was around two thirty, and then if you add another hundred million for marketing, that's around let's just say four hundred million. It made back seven ninety four, so it made basically double budget with marketing, um, which is is pretty good. But I mean, considering that other ones have made a billion, you know, each, mm -hmm. it, it is a low grossing movie and. And you know, I mean, it's not terrible by any means. It's just maybe they're wanting more, you know. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, um, I never really got into these movies. So I don't care. Okay. So let's keep going here. We got a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, which I didn't know was a thirty movie. I think that movie came out, and then it kind of. It was a flop for me with different people. Like I, I never heard people talk about it until after it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. And then I finally got around to watching it. And I liked it. It's like a Groundhog Day, but action movie. I just kind of felt like it dragged on. And just like, all right, I get the point. Uh, based on a great uh, manga, uh, All You Need Is Kill. 
Uh, they changed it up, of course. Uh, it just, it really put Emily Blunt on my radar. I mean, I think she stole the movie out from underneath uh, Tom Cruise. And, I mean, he's not my favorite actor, but he is a decent actor. And he's very charismatic. And he can hold attention. So, anybody who can, like, walk away with a movie from Tom Cruise, you know, there's something. Uh, I thought the 3D and it was great. Uh, it also put Doug Lyman as a, as a director really on my radar big time. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see where they go with it. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, most people call it uh, live, uh, live, repeat. Most people, because that was the tagline and most people thought that was the name of the movie. So if you call it Edge of Tomorrow, they look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and, and I, I think in some countries they even called it uh, "All You Need Is Kill," which is the name of the source material. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's "Live Die Repeat" is the name of the sequel, or Ed, or "Live Die Repeat 2 or whatever. So the box office in that movie was uh, three hundred and seventy million dollars worldwide, and it made a um, hundred million in the U.S. So 270 foreign, and it costs about 178 um, to make, and you know with marketing at another hundred, give or take. So it made a profit, you know, but not a huge amount of profit. It did really well on uh, home video and streaming. It's one of those movies. It took a while to find its audience, but it did. So that's why I think a sequel's happening. And also, Emily Blunt is a big thing now. So how do you make a sequel to that story? It's just it's a different point of view or that re cycle repeats or what? Who knows? I mean, they. I hope they decide to go, oh, we already did the Groundhog Day thing, so we're going to do something else. Ah! <laughs> that I don't think will fly. But I mean, I mean, uh, hey, Donnie Darko found a, a uh, new way to twist uh, Groundhog Day and Happy Death Day, and its sequel found two ways to do a twist on Groundhog Day. So we'll see. I mean, um, I mean, I'm intrigued enough to check it out myself. So I'm interested. Now you're willing to see this movie. Uh-huh. Willing to view and master the whole environment and uh, view this movie again through a viewmaster. Our next movie you're talking about. Terrible segue, sorry. Uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, God. A viewmaster movie. All right. Oh, God. What is this thing for anyone to, to know? Okay, a Viewmaster is a little device that came in a little wheel, and you would put you would uh, put the the Viewmaster wheel into a little device that you put up to your eyes, and then you click this little button on the side, and it would move. And most of the pictures were in three D. In fact, you could get cameras, and you could take your own photos. 
and make your own Viewmasters reels, which is something I did in the 80s for fun. Uh, of course, mine were not the G-rated material that most people put in Viewmaster reels. Uh, in fact, there was quite a thing of people making kind of R-rated uh, view and harder uh, private Viewmaster reels that they swapped with each other in the early days of the internet. So, yeah, like you said, it was kind of marketed as a toy for kids, but I mean, it, it was easy enough that anyone could use, and it wasn't yeah, really... And, it was and a lot of the reels were educational. They were like travel. They The, the original Viewmaster reels were pretty much, you know, travel things. You could see, like, the Great Wall of China and the the, the pyramids, the, the Sphinx, uh, the Eiffel Tower. Then they started marketing uh, TV shows. And this is bef way before home video was even an idea. So, and even before VCRs or any of that stuff. So, kids, this would be the only way you could, like, have a, a, something, a, a copy you could go back and revisit your favorite TV show. Because when I was little, I really liked the Batman 66 TV show. And I watched it religiously in reruns. And uh, I had Viewmaster reels of, of certain episodes, you know, because they didn't put out everything. And, and comic book characters, and they were a fairy book characters. I mean, it was a fun little device that sort of nowadays doesn't really serve a purpose anymore because we have home video, we have stream, we have so many ways to get better copies of this data. So the original Viewmaster was introduced in 1962. The actual uh, creator uh, recently passed away. We talked about that in the last show, I believe. And um, you know, it's a it's a very simple device. It's like you get like a little binoculars that you put on over your head, and you get to see things. I remember this was like, like you said a great educational tool, a great travel tool. You know, it was it was you know fun for kids, but adults liked it too because. You really didn't have to do a whole lot of setup. You didn't need... I don't think it needed batteries, even. You know? No. Nope. Um, and it was perfect on a road trip. So instead of going, are we there yet? Parents just shoved the Viewmaster and said, here's some reels. Keep yourself occupied. And it, you know, used very basic, ancient, stereoscopic 3D idea and lets you see it. And it's really easy to see the 3D and, you know, how the technology worked. It was like, you know, originally like a hundred years ago <laughs> technology, but they managed to make it work to be cheap, to be something that you could buy things for. I remember a whole lot of different animal Viewmaster things like, oh, this is a crocodile in 3D. Oh, this is a giraffe in 3D. You know, you know, it's easier to see a Viewmaster and get a reel from that than to go to the zoo. Mm -hmm. And there's still a little of them still around. I mean, um, the um, 3D Archive uh, put out uh, a private reel for one of their Kickstarters for um, September Storm. So, I mean, they're still around. They're still out there. In fact, they even did their own 
uh, kind of generic version of a Viewmaster uh, player, you know? So they're making a movie out of this. That's how, what, how do you do that? Uh, and what audience, uh, I mean, very few people under the age of 40 are that familiar with the Viewmaster. You'll find some people in their 30s. Uh, are they thinking there's enough uh, 30-year-old parents who are going to drag their kids to see uh, a Viewmaster movie? Uh, I mean, I could see a documentary about Viewmasters because it's, you know, it's an interesting subject, but... Yeah, I, don't, I mean... How do you do this in either live-action or animated? I don't see how you make this into a story. You know, it's not a documentary. I mean... Is this like, you know, are the Viewmasters going to come alive and become like a horror movie or something? <laughs> what it's going to be is little, little uh, shy kid uh, loses themselves in the Viewmaster world and learns to be, uh, con- learns to conform to society and, bees and, and becomes happy. You know, it's basically going to be Wonder Park, but with uh, a Viewmaster. Now, some of this stuff has kind of regenerated recently with like VR viewers. Um, you know, you put it, your phone in there and then you get the VR viewer app and then you buy the contraption and then, you know, it works in a similar kind of way, you know, to have like VR, you know, it's basically a new version of the Viewmaster, but, um, you know, I don't see how they really make this into a story. I mean, it, it, it's one thing, the 3D has to be a big part of this movie because it, you're basically going to be like, you know, if they don't have it in 3D and 3D isn't great, it's such a missed opportunity. It's such an obvious thing, you know? Yeah, I think we're going to see the Gambit movie before we see this Viewmaster movie. <sighs> so, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I would love a documentary, like a full-on, you know, serious documentary on this. And then maybe release it on a Viewmaster, you know, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't see how you could really make this into an actual movie that works, that's not corny and stupid, you know, you know. Mm. It could be like, um, you know, the horror movie element is the only thing you could think of where, you know, the Viewmaster is haunted by a spirit of the past and, you know, it's going to make you see in 2D only. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something stupid like that. That's just like, okay. I don't know. Kind of like the left eye sees ghosts. Yeah. What was that one with the girl in the well? Um the ring. Yeah, like the ring where, you know, except it's a Viewmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we did get some information on Netflix Defenders TV shows. And um, do you want to just go ahead and call it? Yeah, it's, it's dead. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of figured this uh, a while ago that once they released the last season of the next show, that's going to be it. And they got, we got confirmation about that where once the season three of um, Jessica Jones comes out, that's going to be it. We're not going to have any more of these defenders TV shows on Netflix. 
And it was kind of hazy because um, Punisher was not part of that original deal, but Punisher is now actually going to be part of that where they're not going to have a, you know, second movie or third season of that, you know? So after the third season of Jessica Jones, that's it. Now they haven't decided yet. um, Disney, where are they going to, if they're going to put it on their streaming services or going to put it on Hulu, um, which is another story. We'll go ahead and kind of combine that story into this, that Hulu or Disney is trying to buy out the rest of the shares of Hulu and become like not just a majority owner, but like a super majority owner, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Universal probably won't, and Paramount, I think they each have a little part. They probably won't sell, but they've uh, put an offer out to Warner Brothers. And if I was Warner's, I would just sell it to them. I mean, I would get out of the Hulu business and concentrate on their own streaming service. The DC one, you mean? Uh-huh, and a Warner Brothers one. They should do a... I mean, they have a great back catalog. So, yeah, that's interesting because there is a current deal with Netflix and CW for all those shows to go on to Netflix like two weeks later. And it's kind of weird because if you get the DC um, app, you can have their streaming shows, which is Doom Patrol and... um. Teen Titans or whatever. Yeah, and Young Justice. And, you know, if they would have had the CW shows in there, commercial-free as an option, I think I would have joined it. But, like, you know, I don't really want another version of that, you know. Uh, right now, what... See, you know Warner Brothers pulled CW content off of Hulu. Yeah, it was on their... Is they have it on an app. It's a free app. And you can watch stuff. I think it stays on there for like, uh, I think, four or five weeks after yeah. it aired. And you see it with limited uh, commercials. Yeah. And, you know, I have this, the app. It, it works fine. It's, you know, some of the commercials repeat, but um, it's fine. You know, not the greatest app, not a terrible app. But, I mean, you yeah. know. It's fine. It beats watching it on. It, it beats watching it on your local station. That's for sure. It's a lot for ads, and you can watch it on your own schedule, not theirs. So, how do you feel about the defenders being dead? Uh, after that miniseries, it's a mercy killing. <laughs> I mean, okay, not the defenders, but overall, the defenders like Jessica. Mm. It's sad because it, it was actually, you know, overall it was really good, and um, and and the chances are they're not going to be able to round up the gang again because uh, usually contracts like this has uh, clauses that they can't uh, use this stuff for a couple of years at least. So probably by the time they get around to reusing these characters possibly for you know disney plus these actors are going to have either aged out of the roles or have moved on with their careers so yeah um now i haven't been 100 percent caught up with all these shows have you caught up with everything or no uh yeah it took me a while to catch uh, there's still a lot of marvel stuff i haven't seen yet like i still got to catch up on legion and uh the gifted which 
I wouldn't be surprised if those are canceled too. And I don't really think Netflix cares because it looks like they've got a massive hit with uh, Umbrella Academy. So it is unfortunate because they they were you know adult kind of quote unquote adult rated you know M or mature R rated or you know with cussing and sex you know I don't remember any actual nudity in any of the shows but I didn't watch it all <laughs> but they definitely had nudity. Netflix doesn't really go well they do and they don't um, but yeah they don't you know they have more mature adult themes overall and. I, I do like overall the mo- the the shows. I just feel like they had so much bloat that it just kind of made it a turn off to kind of you know the whole idea that you have to watch it you know the whole season and two in a weekend because it just like you know you don't if you watch it like a regular show like once a week you just get bored because there's so much junk in there. I think that a lot of a lot of the shows really suffered with that. I think a lot of you know, they started getting smart and getting like seven, eight episodes instead of 13. But I felt like you know, a lot of the shows could have been a well, lot better. Contract with Marvel. Marvel wanted 13 episodes. But they didn't have, I, I, for my opinion, I didn't think they had enough content to really make 13 episodes each season of each show. I felt like they just, a lot of stuff just kind of dragged and became boring. Yeah, several of the series had filler. Which is why Netflix wanted to... Sh- I mean, that's why the Punisher Season 2 is like only 10 episodes. Uh, Umbrella Academy is short like that, too. And, and Umbrella Academy is not a Marvel show, so don't add us. We know it's not a Marvel property. And we're talking about it because it's a comic book property that uh, Netflix invested in. Like, some of the episodes are like... 30 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes long. (laughs) You don't know how long each episode is going to be. And some of it really drags and like, you know, some of it, you could really get to the meat of the story in like eight episodes and like three of them were filler and just like, come on, (laughs) you know, give me what I want. So, you know, I kind of feel like Jessica was a slow burn, but became really great. And like, they, could not really capture the second season as much as the first. I still liked it, but not as much. And Daredevil, I really like, but um, I'm no, never a fan of Elektra. And Punisher was just so brutal. I liked it, but at the same time, it was just it's hard to watch because how brutal it was. You know, and um, Defenders was bad. <laughs> yeah. I think part of that is because they just took the name and decided, oh, we can't actually adapt any of the Defenders comics because these aren't the actual Defenders, which sucked because there were several good Defender storylines they could have adapted. And they barely, if ever, connected to the MCU. I mean, it was just kind of like a nugget of, oh, yeah, we know of that, or, do you know, Avengers stuff, but we don't, you know. Oh, I blame uh, Pearl, Ike Perlman for that and his refusal to play nice with Kevin Feige. Which apparently now they're going to fix in Disney Plus, and those TV shows will connect really well to MCU. So let's see how that works, you know. Uh huh. 
that's why I figure there's going to be this big, because you know there's going to be like a 10-month gap in Marvel movies, because we're going to have all these, after Spider-Man, we're not going to have another movie in for 10 months. So I figure that's that's the time period they're going to be really working on, unless something, unless they've got a secret movie we don't know about. That's interesting because, um, you know, we're kind of assuming that after we get Endgame that we would get like the schedule of what the next phase is because we don't really know what the schedule is after and Spider-Man. We don't know what's going to happen at San Diego this year or when the next D23 is. So is uh, Marvel going to have this big show at uh, San Diego and give us a big reveal like they did before? Or are they going to just give us a few movies? Or are they going to skip uh, San Diego and do a thing with Disney? You know, D23 or something? We don't know. We don't know. Because, like, there's so many questions there with, like, okay, what are going to get sequels? We're not going to get sequels. What, you know, are they, you know, are they going to go into the cosmic stuff? Now that they have it with, you know, are they going to go into the Fox stuff now that they have it? Are they going to just leave things alone? You know, I think they could have a Fantastic Four movie in about 16 months. I think that's kind of doable. thing is, uh, the, the paperwork hasn't been signed yet, and they still have to go through the approval process. And they're going to still have to sell off some of Fox's assets before the deal can go through completely. So the earliest I see anything getting announced is the end of next year for the Fox properties. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Um, you know, it, it, they could do like a movie in like 16, 18 months, you know, so. But wrong, you guys can uh, make fun of me and, embarrass me you don't even have to wait till the year end look at our predictions you can make fun of me <laughs> earlier because like you know i think leaving x-men alone is probably best <laughs> just to leave that alone um and just let that mm -hmm. yeah i think uh yeah and it's like and, and and if you notice, we're not really talking about the new Mutants movie. <laughs> That's yeah. probably going to wind up on Hulu, or it's going to wind up double feature with Gambit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really up there what's happening with Hulu, which, you know, I like Hulu a lot. I've been part of Hulu for years, and... You know, I've liked their content. I like that, you know, does this mean that maybe Hulu will have, well, the, um, well, there's some of their shows. I think they're on Hulu, right? The um, other MCU TV shows like um, Cloak and Dagger and um, Runaways. Runaways, will they better connect with Avengers? You know, I don't know. We don't know. All that stuff is up in the air. Yeah, we don't even know if it's going to be renewed. We don't know. Heck, we don't even know what's going on with the D, um, DC Universe. It seems like the new regime is handling things 
almost as badly as the uh, old regime. Only they're getting better results. I mean, Aquaman turned out to be uh, a massive hit. Bigger than anybody saw coming. So, yeah. Um, before we get back to talking about um, Dark Phoenix, do you have anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> I think we've just about covered it. Because everything else is still in rumor town, so I don't want to spread rumors. Yeah, that's the thing with covering the entertainment business is that we get a lot of rumors, a lot of hearsay, a lot of things that are just not true, and a lot of things that are like, you know, speculation. And it, it just becomes unlimited amount of content, which it's just junk, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to really make shows that are not full of theory. And I, I can appreciate theory to a degree, but it's just a matter of, you know, it can never end, you know? I know. You want to you wanna make sure you're, you were stating it's a theory or speculation and not act like your opinion is fact. Because, like, in theory, Doctor Strange would be a good movie to make a sequel for Doctor Strange 2, you know, but I don't think we got confirmation of that yet, and I don't know. <laughs> All there's been at some is Scott Derrickson saying a few things, but uh, we have no idea if they're just, we have no idea if he's in talks, uh, he's if he's scripting, or what. So we don't have a lot of hard data we just have uh people are putting two and two and trying to come up with three yeah and if anything it makes it look like more that i think spider-man part should have delayed uh far from home until the fall that way you have more breathing room for end game and that way you know, you're not waiting a huge amount of time for the next 2020 movie. I know, but this is what happens when you have two studios who, uh, who aren't in, whose needs are different. And Sony probably didn't want to go up against Star Wars and the, and Disney stuff coming out in the fall. Now, like we talked about before, the Black Widow movie, if that was going to be R-rated, and now we got confirmation that it's not. So it's just like, okay, that was kind of a pointless discussion. <laughs> you know, I don't care if that one's R-rated or not. Is that going to be a 2020 movie? Maybe. You know, we don't know. Guardians of Galaxy 3, <laughs> I don't think that's coming out for like five years. <laughs> yeah, uh, I we could pile that with Gambit at this point. The Eternals, <laughs> I mean, okay, that's an interesting franchise idea for a story, but that's such an out there concept, I, you know. They're just, uh, they are casting. Uh, that's the only hard evidence I've heard. And some guys were making uh, a, a big deal out of, uh, they were looking for openly gay actors for certain parts. So, you know, we probably will get the Defenders on Hulu, maybe, probably. You know, that's a good place to have them, you know, but I don't think they're going to be... 
there's been talk of some animated uh, Marvel shows on Hulu. There was talk of, because so what Patton Oswald said he was doing a voice for one. Yeah. But uh, that, all I know, all I've heard is they're coming, but everything else is speculation and rumor. So I don't have any names and exact casts or anything. That's not a rumor or speculation. Yeah, and like we don't even know. I think New Mutants is supposed to be August second, which I don't think that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, the fall is going to be a, a big thing for um, DC movies because we're supposed to get you know. Birds of Prey, the Joker movie, you know, in that time frame somewhere. And, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening. Okay, so we got even more of episode 78 for you here. Um, so we originally recorded this, and due to time of editing, some new stories fell through the cracks that we were talk able to talk about. And now we're going to talk about them now. Um, just a couple of little things. We're just going to add this into there. So, uh, Jake, what is the first thing you want to talk about? Ah, we all know Will Smith uh, bowed out of Suicide Squad. But it looks like Deadshot still uh, will remain. Uh, rumor has it, and it's been uh, confirmed by trade papers more or less, that Idris Elba is going to be uh, taken over the role of Deadshot in the Suicide Squad follow-up being um, written and directed by James Gunn. Which is interesting because, like we said before, we don't really need him in this movie. You know, they could just write him out and move on, but they figured that they need him in this movie for some reason. So I don't know if they're going to change the origins or... You know, they already kind of said it's a kind of a soft reboot, but if you're going to be changing out characters, you know, you might as well just forget the first one was made. But how do you do that, you know? Yeah, but uh, I really like Idris Elba, so... I mean, I like Will Smith, too, but uh, I just hope uh, they just... I just hope they know that Idris Elba is not a quipper. Yeah, I mean, I do like him a lot, and, you know. Uh-huh. And he's done a lot of comic book movies, so he's, uh, and he's got pretty good comic timing, uh, sometimes. Uh, he was criminally unused in the Thor movies. I was about to say that he really was just, like, barely there as Heindall, and he was, Heindall's mm -hmm. an interesting character, but he just wasn't given time. Yeah, exactly. So, we also got some interesting VR news to talk about. Now, um, I always say this to James, that I think VR is the future of 3D. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, it seems uh, once they uh, figure out VR and, and if they don't get greedy and stupid, uh, it could very well be the future. Uh, because uh, it's definitely where Viewmaster's going and that sort of thing and 
and with uh, space concerns and expense, yeah, VR most definitely is probably the smart route for 3D to go. And, uh, you know, Sony has been using VR with the PlayStation 4, and it'd be actually to uh, go into, like, a virtual movie theater and watch a 3D movie that way. And apparently, I haven't tried it yet, but I heard that it really works well. And it's a way to have, you know, your own cinema-like experience because being in the virtual reality world, you know, that screen can be, you know, a thousand stories tall, you know, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And the optical illusion of VR is stereoscopic in, in that nature that you have to have a 3D world because if it's a flat 2D world, it doesn't work, you know? So, how would you feel about Nintendo getting back into that VR market? Awesome. More more the merrier. So, do you remember the last time Nintendo did this? Not really. Called the Virtual Boy. But we're not going to talk about the Virtual Boy. That's trash. It has red and black screen and... Gave you everyone headaches, and it lasted like six months in the market. Um, so it was basically, they released it, people didn't like it, and then they gave up on it right away. So Nintendo has this um, Labo for Nintendo Switch uh, console where you use cardboard, and the cardboard, you get to form it into different shapes and play games with that cardboard. And um, one of the shape, one of the first experiences they kind of showed off with that was a piano, and putting the controller in a certain area in the screen, and how it has like rubber bands and infrared sensors. It could actually make a piano like sound with a different keys, and you have to like shape the cardboard into different things. Um, what is it? How does that, that sound to you? Hmm. Sounds complicated. It's mostly done for kids. Um, you know, it's they're really aiming it because a lot of kids like the DIY, make your own kind of stuff. So, um, you know, Labo was introduced last year and it was a decent success, not a huge success. And they had a few games use it. Now, on April 12th, they're going to have a VR version of this. We can make like VR goggles and play VR games with um, the Switch. Now, the Switch has a, a screen, you know, we could play it handheld, we could play it on the TV, but the screen is only 720p. And um, what's the problem with that, Jake? Uh,. It's just not enough definition because the nature of 3D, you're doubling up on stuff. So a 1080 is going to read like a, 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 like a 720. So basically this is going to read like it's only 360. That's kind of rough in today's, uh, even if even with something like virtual reality that's kind of shoved up to your eyeballs. So, yeah, it's... A lot of VR kits are trying to do like double 4K. <laughs> so you get 4K in each eye, you know, because you want to not lose any of that definition. You want to really get a good sense of how you are in there. And 
that's one of the things with VR is that you really do need super high-end technology, or at least in theory, you should have super high-end technology to render the graphics in a realistic way. Now, the, the Nintendo Switch is a semi-powerful system, not as powerful as the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4, but it's, you know, not a slouch either, but it's kind of one of those things where you can see why they're kind of aiming this for kids, um, because, you know, kids are not going to care about um, the fact that the resolution is not super awesome, you know, that the the gameplay is going to be fairly basic. Um, you know, there's going to be different kinds of things where it's going to probably be really, really straightforward games um, with, you know, just like a shooter game, you know, or like a bird game. Um, there's like one with the elephant, like you're staring into the elephant and like you're using the trunk um, as like a way to maneuver, you know, and like the head of the elephant is where the goggles are. And there's like another one with like a bird. And um, so you're trying to like fly, I guess. Sounds like they're marketing this to really little kids. The twain would be totally bored by this. And a twain would notice the res. Heck, a twain would probably notice the resolution uh, difference more than even people our age and older because they've grown up with high def. I mean, yeah, yeah, we grew up with crappy resolution. Now these little kids, they're like, what's a DVD? What's a floppy disk? So they've grown up with, uh, you know... To them, uh, 1080 is the baseline standard. Yeah, I mean, 720 might be the minimum they're used to, you know. But yeah, yeah, they're used to 1080. And, you know, they'll probably be able to, you know, see 4K without that much effort where older people are like, okay, I can barely tell a difference there unless you get like a 50-inch TV, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That you know, it, it is little kids. I think the labo has always been, you know, the kind of thing between like eight year olds and twelve year olds kind of thing. So that way, the you know, the kids like to make it. You know, kind of how the Minecraft um, was that they want to make their game, make their story, and you know, all the DIY stuff is simple enough that you could do. I never bought any of these labo kits before because I'm not in the age for that, and you know. Um, I, I find it interesting as like engineering and the science behind it that the technology actually works. It's just you know not something for me. But I'm kind of curious about getting this, even though the resolution is going to be really bad. It's going to you know be very basic. I think. Yeah, it does sound interesting. Uh, not enough for me to go through the hassle of trying to invest in a Nintendo system, but. It sounds like uh, something to keep an eye out on and see where it goes. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I think it's one of those things. It's like, you know, they were really embarrassed by the Virtual Boy. And um, the Virtual Boy was rough. It was a rough thing to play um, because it was a black monitor with red lines that made the shapes. So your eyes are just seeing two colors, black and red. and I remember getting headaches playing the demo in Sears. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. 
you know, <laughs> um, when Sears had video games or when Sears even existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's interesting that they're trying to get into this and they're, they're doing a totally different way of getting into this because, um, you know, all the other VR stuff are really, really powerful machines that really make you immersive into that world. I have actually tried out uh, PlayStation VR in the Best Buy. It was really impressive. I really liked it. They had like this uh, demo of you being in a shark um, cage and like you're going down and the shark is like, attacking you and, you know, you really get a good sense of depth and you get a good sense of place because, you know, you're in, you know, if you look behind you, you're, you know, you see uh, the cage and the cage is all around you, but then you get to see the water and then, you know, it's like an amusement park ride because, you know, I think the cage, I forget exactly what happens, but it's a kind of a fun experience. It's not something that you're going to want to do like five times a day or something. You, you know, you might do this once or twice and be like, that's cool, you know, but you know, that's a totally different thing of VR, but VR might be the future of 3D, you know, a lot of contracts are ending pretty soon for 3D movies. Um, you said 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the real, yeah, real 3D contracts are ending in 2020. So it might be the only way to be able to see, you know, these things. And, you know, Sony would be smart to, you know, have the theatrical 3D movies, you know, in their PlayStation VR, you know, theater. That would be a kind of a, a smart kind of uh, synergy there where you could, uh, you know, see or pay for, theoretically speaking, Venom 2, see it in PSVR, you know, in 3D uh, a week before release or something, you know. That could be something that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and of course, there's also the holy grail of some people uh, trying to figure out the glasses-free 3D, uh, kind of like how they do uh, anaglyphic, uh, how they used to do 3D p- photographic prints. You know, some people call them the wiggle prints. Well, you could view the 3D without any uh, glasses whatsoever. So Cinemark yeah. does have a 3D agreement until 2022. Okay, so uh, then uh, 3D got a bigger reprieve because uh, Regal's is up because uh, uh, we'll see what Regal does. Uh, Regal might be doing their 3D screenings the way they're doing them is to actually see uh, if it's financially viable for them to uh, renew it. And they might be thinking about it because Cinemark uh, still has theirs. And luckily I got two um, within the... Within a hundred mile round trip, I have access to uh, Cinemark. So it might still be a kind of thing where you only get to see the 3D version of a movie, you know, the day of release or the weekend of release, and after that, you're screwed, you know, kind of thing. Oh, it's already it's almost that bad already. Um, 
you're lucky if a 3D movie plays two weeks in 3D. All right, is there anything else you want to mention or no? I think we just about uh, uh, covered it, unless we want to go in more on Suicide Squad. Sure, let's go into that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, there's been reports of some of the characters um, that James Gunn is planning on putting in uh, Suicide Squad. Um, uh, characters like Ratcatcher, and there was talk of gender swapping this character. So uh, seeing a woman, a rat catcher, could be interesting. Uh, I'm really intrigued by uh, the Polka Dot Man. Uh, he's kind of one of those characters like Taser Face. So you know he, James Gunn, would have a lot of fun with the with the. Such a silly character. So what is Ratcatcher? I've never heard of him. Uh, Ratcatcher is basically an exterminator who's uh, got a, a thing for poison gas. Uh, kind of huffs it like, like paint thinner. And, um, uh, and got their start kind of working as an exterminator and in the tunnels of Gotham. Yeah, and uh, Polka Dot Man is also another Batman villain. Hmm. I think on the Wikipedia it says Ratcatcher can control army of sewer rats as well, right? Yeah, I think that's the reboot of Ratcatcher. I don't really... Remember Ratcatcher being too much of a Pied Piper like character, but makes sense. So Polka Dot Man can turn Polka Dots covering his costume into weapons. Yep, that's out there. Mm-hmm. It sounds this character sounds right up James Gunn's alley. Polka Dot Man is one of those awesome, um, Lee tacky characters. Uh. That um, is one I uh, uh, cosplayed a long time ago in a in a gray jumpsuit where we painted dots on it. So yeah, it, it, wow, that's going into the deep end of, of DC of like you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a used to be a Johnny DC deep dive. Uh, of course, I was hoping that I'm hoping James Gunn gets to do one of his dream projects that he's always wanted to do for DC, the Metal Men. <laughs> and then um, you might as well go into the whole deep end and have uh, Condiment King. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm hoping he puts uh, I'm hoping he puts Magpie in the movie just so he could kill her off. <laughs> she's got to be one of the worst Batman villains from the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, God. So, yeah, we're going to have an out there Suicide Squad 2 or mm -hmm. reboot. Yeah, it's it's looking like everybody's being replaced in Suicide Squad except Viola Davis and uh, Margot Robbie. Uh the characters are either going away 
or or their actors are because uh, yeah, like Joel Kinnaman, he's gone. So we don't know if his character is gonna not be there or be uh, replaced uh, with another actor playing the same character. But my guess is the character is gone, and I wouldn't be surprised if we get somebody. Uh, if we get a, a hero, an actual hero replacing him, like Steel or Sergeant Steel or somebody, but we'll know soon enough, I guess. That's interesting. Um, that there's some kind of Black Adam news or something, too? Uh, sort of. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know what's going on with uh, Black Adam. I mean, uh, it seems like if Black Adam isn't in the Shazam movie, that's a missed opportunity. But uh, but the fact that uh, Dwayne Johnson and Henry Cavill have the same manager who's negotiating with DC, uh, there's been stories that uh, she's uh, holding Dwayne Johnson's uh, participation in the DC universe with Henry Cavill's participation as Superman. So, who knows? Uh, at this point, at this point, Black Adam looks like we could file it with Gambit. Because that one has been announced before Shazam was announced. <laughs> yeah, it's been like, what, four or five years now? And um, apparently the new rumors are that Stargirl and Adam Smasher, which are both Justice Society of America, and Hawkman are going to be in this movie. So they're going to, is like a Justice, old version of Justice League, going to be going after Black Adam? Uh, the whole DC universe is such a mess uh, that they really, it's, yeah, that, to, to quote Jack Nicholson's Joker, this series needs an enema. And Flashpoint may be where they have to go to, because uh, something's going on with Flash, because Ezra Miller is still attached to it. He says they're still working on it. And Yeah, but he's also working on Fantastic Beasts, which did get delayed, by the way. That's actually another uh-huh. um, interesting thing. The third one got delayed, um, which is fine. Um, you know, maybe the Fantastic Beasts will get more time to really develop a script and try to clean things up, because... I just think Rawlings probably should get uh, a, a not a script doctor, but a writing partner, someone to kind of guide her a little bit with uh, outlines and stuff. Because uh, it's it's fine, but I think they want to take it to the next level, especially with what the movies cost to make and what ticket prices are. They want to an audience to be excited and enthused, not like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, I think we're the only people that really like that movie. <laughs> I think most people did not like the second Fantastic Beast movie, so... Most people, you know, hated the first one, too. Uh, they just thought I was on drugs or something, liking it. But, again, Harry Potter movies, uh, I think, are lackluster, especially the later ones. And the Columbus ones and the Chris Columbus ones. <laughs> I think the third one is the best. 
So yeah, Dune is going to be taking the spot for Fantastic Beasts 3. So Dune is coming out November 20th, 2020, which... I'm happy. What? Okay, why are you happy about that? <laughs> okay, uh, uh, my mother didn't read me and my brother nursery rhymes. Yeah, she read us Dune. Which is based on a 1965 novel by the same name by Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, where we live, she didn't have access. To, we didn't have access to a lot of stuff living in the Middle East. And so, she, and of all the books she had, this was the most age appropriate for us. So she read it to us when we were little. And then the original Dune came out not that long ago, right? No, it's like 2000? Well, the original Dune was directed by David Lynch, came out in the 80s. Oh, 84. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, with uh, um, Kyle McLaughlin and Sting and um, let me think who else is. Uh, Patrick Stewart is in it. Uh, it's basically a world that they uh, fight over control of a, of a drug called Spice. And, uh, and of course, water is the most important, precious because Dune is uh, a desert planet. I mean, when you die, they recycle your water. They just pretty much just burn you and drip you in your water and recycle it into this. And you live in these suits that keeps as much of your water in and recycled as humanly possible. And spice is a drug they use to see the future, uh, travel great distances. You know, fold, uh, folds. What they call it, folding space. So um, it's like a big epic, right? Uh huh. It's very epic, very long series, which uh, I'm only familiar with the first few books. Okay, so that's interesting to look forward to next year. We don't know if it's 3D or not yet, but I guess we'll assume that for now. The early word I was hearing, it was 3D, but we're in the end game of 3D, so uh, we'll find out uh, what's going on uh, with, uh, with with Cinemark uh, still having a contract to 2022. We've got more breathing room, so it's not like next year and it's done in theaters. We've got more years, seriously more years. So, at least with us, with with Cinemark. So, yeah, um, I think most of DC and uh, most of Warner Brothers movies lately happen in 3D, right? I mean, all the DC ones happen. Warner Brothers is a big uh, proponent of 3D. In fact, they still release discs uh, domestically in 3D. Not all their movies, but many of them. So, yeah, that's just the bonus section. So this is going to be a huge podcast. And, uh, you know, just make sure to stay around after the credits to get our Phoenix um, spoilerific talk. Yeah, more what the fox. All right. That's it for us again. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
Alright, before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. Alright, so that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, bye. Bye, everyone. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. All right, so we're back. Um, so in this trailer, it you look at it, the first time I saw it, I didn't really think of it, but um, you see the death of a major character, which is that of Mystique. Yep. And... Um, you sent me an article from Entertainment Weekly where they have an interview and the interview, they're like, oh yeah, there's the director. So why did you decide to kill off Mystique? <laughs> and like the URL for the website for EW, the interview, that one actually has in there, you know, the death of Mystique. But then in the top of the you know banner headline for it, it says spoiler. So just like, okay, you're going to basically you're spoiling this huge element of the story four months, a couple months before it comes out, you know, and he said, there's going to be other deaths in the movie and there's going to be stakes. And we already kind of knew that, um, Lawrence was not really happy playing mistake anymore, you know, but to really kind of show that at, in the trailer, I think is a big mistake. Well, it just shows you they, they think they got nothing. Uh, I mean, and the fact that they've what this is the third release this is the third release date for this movie yeah it's pretty much just a remake of uh the worst x-men movie ever last stand it has just a sense of desperation that they're ready to kill off a major character in a trailer and then show that off months before release you know that's just kind of desperate that they want attention. They want people to talk about it on the websites and, you know, news articles and, you know, they want the attention for this movie and they're going to ruin the movie to get it. And that's just really bad. I feel like I've already seen this movie. And it's like, if you've seen X3, you've already seen this movie. Yeah. I don't know who that female character that's talking to Phoenix is. Um, that's like enticing that her. Looks like, uh, that's uh, Jessica Chastain in a very horrible wig. Uh, I figure that's either... Uh, it's a, I would say it's a combination of uh, Warbird and Deathbird. You know, Lister. Uh, she's uh, one of the... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember the group. Uh, it's one of the characters from... Uh, one of the planets that Phoenix, um, and they want to from the if, if I, it's, it's, it's probably one element from the Dark Phoenix comic that they're actually using. It looks like they're combining two characters and they're going to they're trying to get a whole control of Phoenix power for their own superhero group to use throughout the galaxy. 
I mean, that's my spec. That's my speculation on this. I don't have any insider knowledge other than having read uh, the com the original comics. So that's what I'm speculating. It is based on the evidence I saw in this trailer, which may or may not be accurate. You know, your mileage may vary. And this trailer, it does seem like half the people are in favor of trying to kill the Phoenix, and half of them are like, I don't know, we can reform her. And um, it looks like toward the end, um, Xavier and Magneto are like going to jail or something, and they have to work together to try to kill her, which is kind of neat, I guess. Civil War too. Yeah. On a CD budget. It's like a train going up in the air, which I don't... I never knew Phoenix was effect, but I was like going, you know, I thought Ron Howard did that cooler in Solo. It's like I don't think Phoenix had magnetic powers, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This doesn't. This is. This bears any resemblance. They should put a disclaimer. Any resemblance between the Chris Claremont and John Byrne um, series is purely coincidental. Because I always kind of thought the phoenix was just like a super radioactive kind of creature that could fly and like send out plasma out of her hands and stuff like that. Like I didn't think anything, you know, was with actual, you know, magnetism. Well, she has like telekinesis and stuff like that, and and they've they've messed up the whole phoenix when they had Namor the Submariner become part of the phoenix. I'm like. Uh, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out of here. This is nonsense. He's not even a telepath. It's supposed to be like the Phoenix is like a creature from the space. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like the X Men go to space, and then the <laughs> Phoenix. It's attracted, and it's attracted to telepaths. And you know, which that part of um, Apocalypse was never really. They kind of mentioned the Phoenix, and that's how basically she killed off Apocalypse was using her Phoenix powers. But it, it's like, okay, how did she, she? Was that always part of her? Was that you know? That's kind of uh, that's part of the reason why I think Apocalypse kind of fell apart because it didn't make sense, <laughs> you know. Uh, and the Umbrella Academy uh, comic and the series, to a lesser degree, uh, adapts does their own spin and kind of commentary about the whole Phoenix, Dark Phoenix story. And uh, in that little Netflix show, they had a better uh, and more realistic uh, outcome of what it would be like than the, the two film adaptions that have been of the Dark Phoenix. Uh, just, it, it just hurts my soul and makes me sad. Yeah, because it, it, like... X3, X-Men 3, it was a bad kind of fun movie, but it was a bad movie. And it had a good core. I like, would rather watch Wolverine Origins again than see X3. I think I, I kind of laughed at it. I walked out of X3 in the theater. Wow. <laughs> yeah, when, when uh, Mystique loses her powers and then uh, Magneto just shuns her. I just screamed, this is bullshit, walked out. Uh, <laughs> and like... And years later, I finally saw it on disc because I could go see 
an X. I could, if I if I paid five bucks for this disc, I could see an X. It had a ticket in it to buy. I could go see uh, what it was it the Wolverine uh for free. Oh, yeah. free. <laughs> so I was like, what the hell? Uh, I'm ahead of the game, and I have a drink. At the worst, I have a drink coaster. And like that core idea of a cure, I really like that idea of X Men Three. I thought that was interesting, but they didn't really work with it. And I liked yeah. Fraser, you know, not Fraser, but uh, Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was an inspired choice for the character, you know. And it just kind of ruined it, and then it just didn't work. And I think everyone had a bad taste in their mouth from Phoenix. And then when they heard, oh, Phoenix didn't come back, it's like, no, we already got this. Maybe they'll do good. No, they're not doing good in this. It, it just looks bad. It looks stupid. It looks like, it looks like Simon Kinberg is going to kill his directing career with his first. Yeah. He says he's, I mean, people, for he wrote X3, but he's, written and produced so many great movies uh people forget x x this story is something he should just stay away from didn't he learn his lesson with x3 i mean i know that know that movie was troubled because brian's uh yeah accused uh those are brian singer left to just run returns right uh huh. That's that was the movie he was doing that in Superman Returns at the same time, and so we wound up with two crappy uh superhero movies. Because as bad as X three is, Superman Returns is even worse. Returns is just kind of boring. I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's just kind of slow and boring. It doesn't do anything, you know. It it doesn't feel like its own movie too. It feels like a sequel of Superman three or two, you know. It, yeah, it felt like yeah, it was a sequel with everybody recast. It felt like I was watching a sequel to a movie that didn't really exist. So back to the Dark Phoenix, I just you know it, it's sad because I do like you know Xavier and Magneto, and it you know it said there's going to be other deaths. There was a, a really cool slow motion kind of scene here with um. What is it? The silver, um, the speedster. I forget the name of him. Silver. But, silver. Yeah. So like, I guess he's gonna die. Which you know, I feel like they've made fun scenes with him, but they made him incredibly overpowered. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, he's like beyond flash power in these movies. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Funny is they never did anything with him in Marvel Comics, except they never showed him for his speed. He was always like, "You don't date my sister," and you know that kind of crap. And I hate you, Magneto. I mean, he was never really portrayed. And Crystal, why Crystal? His wife, why, why? I mean, so he's always much better in the movies so far. But they always had like and one kick-ass scene with him, and then that was it. <laughs> you know, like he just disappeared from the rest of the movie and was was useless. You know, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah, it's coming out in June. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna flop. You know, I think, I think Fox is done with it. I think, you know, I like you said before, 
I think they're not going to touch a Dark Phoenix movie for a long time after this again, because if they're going to have... I mean, uh, everybody thought Venom was going to flop. Who knows? Yeah, you you might be right. It might do well, but I just kind of feel like... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was going to be awful. I mean, everybody just knew it in their heart of hearts. That was going to be like the worst. And it turned out to be probably the best Spider-Man movie ever made. So there's always hope. I mean, but it's not, but the evidence they're presenting does not look good. It does not. It does not look good at all. I mean, are they trying to like make this the last X-Men movie? Because it feels like they can't, they know they're not going to get another chance at this. So are they going to just like, all right, let's kill these people. And then, you know, who cares if Magneto oh, and no, the whole universe. Yeah, Dark Phoenix wins and destroys the whole universe. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a fitting way to end the X-Men atrocity that is the film series, you know, timeline. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then she takes out Brian Singer at the end. (laughs) Because this was supposed to set in the 90s, and they don't even mention the 90s anymore. Remember how each movie was like a specific time period and now they just gave up on that who cares yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah what the fox <laughs> what the fox <laughs> whatever yeah, happened in yeah. jubilee remember she was gonna be in the other movie and... yeah. nope. oh she's in the gambit movie now <laughs> and then they're gonna have taylor swift be sparkle or whatever <laughs> yeah, oh she's hanging out with uh gambit now oh these x-men movies you know, I, I love half of them. I hate half of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're becoming like Star Trek movies. Yeah, the even number ones and the odd numbered ones. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we got Logan was awesome, and then Deadpool two was disappointing. So, you know, maybe this will be good, and then you know, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, we're your critics, so we're obligated. Yeah, and when you yeah. said about the 3D, that, that got really concerning me because it's like, is this going to be a rush job that they just threw it at the end? You know, is this going to look terrible because it is a quick conversion? You know, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, we shall see. Yeah, this is, a, a, you know, we have in the business required viewings. You know, movies that are going to be something that are going to get clicks, movies that are going to get interest, you know, that we have to see, you know, because you'll be a very bad journalist and very bad website if you don't review these movies. This is going to be one of those movies, you know. Yeah, I don't think we can escape this like we did Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, it's a, you know, I think that was a, a relative hit. It's enough to make a sequel. But, like, Wonder Park, I don't think anyone's going to cry if you don't have that review up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, people are going to definitely want a Dumbo review, so... <laughs> uh, are you now trying to make me see Dumbo? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying. There's we're, That's yeah, something yeah. that is a required view for me. Yeah. You know, Captain Mar- all the Marvel movies are definitely required, you know, and all the DC ones, unfortunately. So, yeah, yeah that's, yeah. you know, we're going to see this. We're going to 
you know, try to keep an open mind and try to just cleanse our head of everything. And hopefully, hopefully it surprises us. Like you said, maybe it could. We don't know. You know, yeah, maybe everyone, yeah. you know, it might be one of those things where you like it and I don't like it. Like Venom, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's so ridiculous. It's awesome. Kind of like Jurassic World movies, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's just a bad movie. Who knows? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us for sure. Bye. Bye.